Well, thank you for listening. Michael Shell, the real Michael Shell, michaelshell.us. We have had so many listeners all around the world. I counted over 25 different countries here recently. Thank you for listening. I'm a truck driver, always busy, working 70 hours a week from Gadsden, Alabama to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, we're in the break room, but this was just too good tonight. It was on Mark Levin's show, uh, an update for the election process and what we're going to see unfolding in the next week or two. So uh, this man is filling in for um, for Mark Levin, Doc Washburn. I think you'll enjoy this, about 15 minutes. We'll come back and say a few words, but appreciate you listening to Michael Shell's podcast. Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Phil Valentine in Nashville, some great people to listen to to stay up. Of course, Fox News used to be fair and balanced. Who's fair and balanced nowadays? Newsmax. Newsmax.com. Be sure to check them out. building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hey, this is Doc Washburn filling in for Mark Levin. I do the afternoon talk show. Uh, Mark's affiliate in Little Rock, Arkansas, News Radio 1029 KARN. Always a delight and a pleasure and an honor to fill in for the great one. Number to call to get into the conversation is 877-381-3811, and you're going to want to get in on the conversation tonight. This is my ninth time filling in for Mr. Levin. I think this is the first time that I've done this, but I've got to start hour one with an incredible article that dropped today over at UncoverDC.com from one of my favorite columnists, a guy named Brian Cates out of South Texas. And the article is entitled, There is no election month in the Constitution. And here's what he says. For the past five weeks, citizens of the United States have been getting a civics lesson on how federal elections are supposed to be held. Deviation from what the Constitution clearly establishes has reached a tipping point because of the way certain states handled the election. The way that Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and Nevada carried out the November 3rd election has now brought them into blatant and clear conflict with the Constitution itself. The Constitution says there is a designated election day with very real deadlines for voting. There's no reference in the Constitution to election week or election month or even an election quarter year. Votes are to be cast within a single day and the votes are to be counted at the end of the deadline period. Various states have over the years deliberately undermined the constitutional limit by passing state laws that essentially have drawn out elections for federal offices so they last for a week or more. In 2018, Democrats in California used state laws about ballot harvesting to flip several House of Representative races after the official election day. In one blatant instance, Republican candidate Young Kim saw a 14-point lead on election day somehow disappear. 
He says, as I write this, election day was over a month ago. And yet, states such as New York are still finding and counting votes. This is not how federal elections are supposed to be conducted. Constantly shifting election deadlines invites fraud and errors, especially in the close contests. Democrats and many of these blue states have been incrementally gaming the federal election process for years, pushing the deadlines back further and further after Election Day to give them time to find enough votes to flip close races. Now, the president warned of massive fraud on the horizon. President Trump was sounding the alarm early and often this year about how governors, secretaries of state, and state Supreme Courts were deliberately going around their state's legislatures to rewrite or to even re- or to even introduce new election laws. When Attorney General William Barr warned in June about the mail-in fraud issues when multiple states suddenly changed their election rules, President Trump tweeted Barr's concerns. He linked to an article from Breitbart that said, Barr, mail-in ballots absolutely opens the floodgates to fraud. And the president said, this will be the election disaster of our time. Mail-in ballots will lead to a rigged election. The same day, June 22nd, this year, the president also tweeted, rigged 2020 election, millions of mail-in ballots, will be printed by foreign countries and others. It will be the scandal of our times. Now, one of the chief arguments made against the mass mail-in ballot schemes being prepared by blue states was that it was obvious they were fully planning to take weeks to count all of the votes. While the governors and state Supreme Courts were busy quickly rewriting election laws and cutting the state legislatures out of the process, the Constitution is clear. It is those state legislatures that pass election laws and set election deadlines. Governors such as Brian Kemp in Georgia and secretaries of state, including Kathy Bookvar in Pennsylvania, plus state Supreme Courts such as the one in Nevada, pointed to the hysteria ginned up over COVID-19 to justify their actions. It was stated at the time these arbitrary changes were being implemented that this extra legal activity was unconstitutional on its face and now it appears the Supreme Court is going to take up the matter thanks to a new Texas lawsuit. On Tuesday morning, news broke of a lawsuit filed just before midnight by the state of Texas against Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin by arguing that the methods employed by these four states for altering federal election procedures are in direct conflict with the Constitution itself. Texas has managed to bypass all the other courts and take this straight to the Supreme Court. Later in the day, the Supreme Court indeed added the Texas lawsuit to their official docket 
And the Supreme Court has now given the four states being sued, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, until Thursday, December 10th by 3 p.m. Eastern, that is tomorrow, to file their responses to the Texas lawsuit. Reporter Kyle Becker highlighted the crucial issue in a tweet about the Texas lawsuit when he said, linking to Chris Kobach's article over Breitbart, Kyle Becker said, Supreme Court, quote, the Texas lawsuit presents a pure question of law. It is not dependent upon disputed facts. The state of Texas doesn't need to prove a single case of fraud to win. It is enough that the four states violated the Constitution. Now, the article that Kyle Becker referenced by Breitbart says Texas brought the suit because the four states violated the Constitution and that the violation stands alone and apart from the resulting fraud. Using COVID-19 as an excuse for quickly altering their state's election laws and procedures just ahead of the vote will very likely fail to impress the United States Supreme Court. This is because there is no pandemic exception to clearly enumerated constitutional rights. And the right of all U.S. citizens to fair and timely elections is certainly enumerated in our nation's founding document. Now, let's look at what the Constitution makes clear. Article 2 of the United States Constitution begins by stating, and I quote, The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and together with the vice president chosen for the same term be elected as follows. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons, of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. And they shall make a list of all the persons voted for and of the number of votes for each which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the President of the Senate. The President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes shall be the President, if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, unquote. Now, note carefully what the Constitution does not say. The document does not say, as the governor thereof may direct. It does not say, as the secretary of state thereof may direct. It also does not say, as the state supreme court thereof may direct. The document says, as the legislature thereof may direct. Now, the counter-argument being advanced is that because some states have been running federal elections however they see fit for many years, 
even though their methods of conducting these federal elections directly contradict the Constitution, the Supreme Court reasserting that they must follow the federal government's founding document or have their federal elections voided is too extreme a remedy. The fact that the constitutional framework for federal elections was not enforced in previous years does not mean the current appeals to the Supreme Court to address these glaring constitutional issues raised by the 2020 elections are invalid. Far from it. Claiming that a state which is violating the constitutional framework for federal elections must be allowed to continue these violations because no one had ever bothered to make a legal challenge is an incredibly weak argument. And yet, we are highly likely to see this argument advanced to the Supreme Court in the next few weeks by people determined to certify a fraudulent election and make Joe Biden the United States president. That is a remarkable article. I've put it on my Facebook. I put it on my Twitter. You can uh, find it at UncoverDC.com. It's called There Is No Election Month in the Constitution. It's by one of my favorite columnists, Brian Cates. Coming up, I want to deal with... Well, that is today's report. I just want to give you a few things. Mark Levin is... Um, an amazing individual. He's out today in, in Washburn here. Doc Washburn is filling in, and this article is worth reading. I'll put it in the comments. Just want to get this out to you. Be sure to take time to watch Newsmax, Newsmax.com. Rush Limbaugh, one of my favorites, been listening to Rush since 1988. Uh, Rush Limbaugh on Central Time in Gadsden, uh, 11 to 2 every day, WAAX. 570 AM, 101.9 FM now. So here, Rush, crystal clear on the FM. Sean Hannity, and my new favorite that I, I remember listening in Philadelphia many years ago on WWDB in Philadelphia, Phil Valentine is in Nashville on WTN 99.7. So uh, Phil Valentine has a lot of good news about the China virus, HQC, and the election process, what's going on. I am Michael Shell. I want to be mayor of Gadsden, Alabama, 23rd of August, 2022. Uh, Michael Shell for mayor, box 2537, Gadsden, Alabama, 35903, phone number 256-GADSDEN. I appreciate you listening. Appreciate everybody listening everywhere. Uh, this election is not over. Uh, we're going to make more progress yet, and you're going to see that unfold in the next week or two. God bless you. Merry Christmas. See you next time.